What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and all of the above podcast extra. Now, those of you that are familiar with our show, you know, we're, we're two educators who like to push critical conversations in the world of education and our full episodes have guests and, and a wrap up of education headlines and we throw that up on the YouTube channel and and I I happen to think it's pretty dope, but those full episodes take a lot of time and a lot of work to edit and get up on the YouTube channel. So in between those video episodes, we drop these passing periods, which pretty much are exclusive to those of y'all who are listening on your podcast apps and such. Uh, My name is Manuel Rustin, aka your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. I am here with Jeff. Jeff, this is our, I think, third passing period in a row, which is rare. You know, we normally have a a full episode every other week and a passing period in between. And, you know, whatever. It's been a busy winter break and busy January. A lot going on, a lot going on. So we will be back with a full video episode next week. A super dope one, actually. We'll talk about it more later. But uh, in any case, Jeff, man, how you doing today? Oh, man, well, I am. I am doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, It has been busy. Uh, In this time when we have had multiple passing periods, uh, I drove from, well, I I guess I had already driven from from Los Angeles to my home city, uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, where I experienced a nice, because I hadn't seen my family in a year, but right. also very awkward because we were trying to be safe and not give each other COVID. Uh, so fully masked, not eating together indoors, doing activities outside in Minnesota in December. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, holiday experience. Um, while we also had like a very serious family medical crisis. Uh, so um, it has been insane. And uh, and then I drove back to L.A. through the <laughs> the snow, um, and uh, and when I arrived in L.A. that day, I went from a 25 degrees and snowy in northern Utah to 83 degrees yep. and sunny in Los Angeles <laughs> on the same day. So um, it's yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I still feel like unbalanced or something from the whole equation. But I'm here. It's great to be uh, with you, chopping it up, man, and yeah. um, I'm ready for a great passing period. Yeah, yeah, man, That's that's been a lot, man. I don't think I've ever had a drive that long in my life. I'm trying to think. I think the longest road trip I've ever been on has only been like in within California or to, you know, from Sacramento to Vegas or something like that. So kudos to you, sir, for Hey, man, we got we to gotta get that. you out there, man. We got to, let's, let's get on that. You got, yeah, you got I'll the take Honda, a plane. man. Let's, let's I'll get take a, a plane. crack. Not, not right now, obviously, but yeah, I'm, that's, <laughs> it's wild, man. All right. So welcome back to the warmth. I mean, it's not that warm today, but yeah, it's been like in the eighties, which is, you know, whatever, global warming and, you know. Try not to enjoy the 80s too much because I know it's probably a bad thing that it gets that warm at this time of year, but whatever, it is what it is. And, you know, folks, there's obviously always a lot going on. And particularly the last few weeks, there's been a lot of of things happening that perhaps have contributed for sure to folks' anxiety, frustrations. Um, you know, it's a struggle. This is a hard time of year ordinarily because it's wintertime and a lot of folks struggle um, during the winter months for various reasons. And then we had the insurrection, the inauguration, which for a lot of folks, 
going into the inauguration, it's just like, you know, wondering what's going to happen. Is it going to be safe? Is it going to be secure? And of course, the pandemic, which is just raging. So we really wanted this episode of Passing Period to kind of focus on some some more of the positive and think about some potential joy down the line. We didn't want to we didn't want to take this episode to talk more about the inauguration and the, you know, just everything that's going on. So so Jeff, I, I think it'd be nice to to think about the eventuality, hopefully, um, of this pandemic ending and us eventually going back to in-person education. And particularly I want to think about, you know, how could we finish this school year strong and then what sorts of things need to happen in the summer in the fall to to kind of I don't even know if get back is the right right terminology but to kind of like welcome back our our students to in-person learning and in-person community especially in California where most schools are still fully distance learning and I mean if you're listening to this and you are already in person or your hybrid teaching shout out to you i fully understand the privilege that i have as a california teacher of not having to worry about being forced to go back into the classroom at least in my district it's it's pretty clear that secondary at least will will not be going back in person so uh, shout out to y'all educators out there you know i think i've seen some of y'all online um posting about it, uh, Gerardo Munoz, you know, Two Dope Teachers comes to mind. He's been posting about going back to hybrid and and shout out to him and shout out to everybody else out there doing that. But for, for us, Jeff, here in California, particularly in the Los Angeles area, yeah, we stay in digital. So how are we gonna finish the school year strong? What, what sorts of thoughts do you have around springtime? You know, let's, let's be forward thinking, think about the future and hopefully a, a, a time when this pandemic will be calming down eventually fading away what do you think what do you think well i i guess i want to say first manuel you um you say we stay in digital with so much confidence man and i we I are not going that. back we're Did, not, should, not secondary secondary i should say it's just, you it's say not that with happen, so man. much confidence and i respect that i just i wonder i wonder about that so should we do the wager now or should we save the wager to the end of the episode well i feel like i never got my 20 bucks from you last year didn't we wager 20 bucks about whether or not oh. we would start the school year in person? And you That's were right. so think, sure. Yes, I think you were, we did. We you did. were very sure okay. that we would start in person and then All things right. would go bad and we go back. <laughs> So I owe you twenty. Uh, that's that's true. That's fair. That that's right. I'm um, okay. Yeah, so, but I mean, um, you want to talk? So you want a, a, a new wager on whether or not we're going to be back this school year? I, yeah, man. You just want to give me your money? I, I'll definitely. take it. I mean, whatever. I got, if, you're, if you're in a given mood, I'll take it. Look, man. I got. I got. Oh, I got twenty. Okay. Well, first of all, maybe we should decide if we actually disagree before, <laughs> before we wager. Okay. <laughs> We guess we can't wager if we're on the same page. What say you, Manuel? Are we in California coming back for in-person instruction this spring? So my answer is no. Okay. Uh, obviously, it depends because there are parts of California that already have some in-person happening. I'm thinking Rockland up in the Sacramento area. I'm thinking some some rural spots. But in terms of our our dynamic, which is Los Angeles County. And we have a lot of uh, listeners in, in the Sacramento region, in the Bay Area. Uh, so in terms of the more quote unquote urban, let's just say more metropolitan mm -hmm. areas. No, we're mm -hmm. not going to be back in person. It's not happening. We're going to talk about okay. it. We'll keep talking about it, but it ain't happening. Okay. 
See, all right. See, you say that with such confidence, which helps me feel confident or at least a little more confident. Uh-huh. Uh, I just think you're wrong, man. Like, you should be right because you read books and you pay attention to science and, like, you <laughs> you don't just want the kids to go back to the parents and go to work. Unfortunately, you are wrong, man. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Now, I, it might be a while because right now it's so crazy. But yeah, I, I'm going to put 20 bucks on the fact that come April, there's going to be some kindergarten classes full of kids. There's going to, you know, they're going to dress it up real nice and all the like, oh, special needs populations and our most vulnerable children. No, because they blah, care blah. about them, Jeff. They've always cared so much about, about those populations, and right? And they're going to be like, pay no attention to this purple graph over here. <laughs> like, we're just reopening the school. So 20 bucks, Manuel. Yeah. It's going to happen. Even though I'm going to be mad and bitter and protesting about it. 20 bucks is going to happen. You say no, I say yes. Here, January 23rd, you heard it here first, folks. The wager is on, even though I already owe Manuel 20 bucks because he beat me last time. But it's on right now, as of today. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, but you know, Jeff, regardless, you know, at some point, we will be back. At some point, this pandemic, it just, it has to, like, it just, it has to eventually come under control and and fade away. So what do we do right now, Jeff? Uh, think about finishing up the school year, probably online, but even if some schools have, have at least the, the earliest grades come back, how do we, how do we finish the school year off in a, a positive, joyful, um, fulfilling way, Jeff? What do you think? Yeah, well, this this actually does make me very hopeful because I, I think that there's probably going to be enough momentum uh, around uh, not having high stakes standardized testing this spring, at least state testing. Yeah, you know, College Board is a separate matter, right? But um, but at least state testing, I think we're going to have enough like just basic common sense to be like, nah, we can't do this. The data is fairly meaningless, right? Um, so, uh, so assuming that that is the case, what I think that we can do is actually a wonderful, beautiful thing, and I'm so like excited and hopeful for, man, which is all the time, energy, money, hours of, you know, of, of, of people power that goes into test administration, calibration, scoring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's redirect those efforts, man. And I think what could be one of the most beautiful things we've ever seen in our profession is this spring, putting all that time and energy into engaging kids in rich, authentic, culturally and historically responsive and relevant projects, performance tasks, interesting stuff that they want to learn about that not only will be fun for kids to do, will also help elevate some of the most important skills and content knowledge and most authentic skills and content knowledge, right? Writing, reading, research, critical uh, thinking, criticality, identity development, um, you know, uh, critiquing the reasoning of others, oral presentation, all the good stuff (laughs) that we wanna do with kids and the freedom to do it in the context of let's have the content be stuff that kids want to learn about most, right? 
and let's set that up and, the, and take advantage of the great strength of distance learning, which is the ability to easily bring together groups of people via Zoom without them having to commute, without having to park and get childcare and blah, 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 right? So you could have kids do some cool work, present it to their parents and other families in the community, right? Get props for, for doing this amazing thing. Get critique that they can use to, you know, to get better and do better next time, right? I mean, what a beautiful, you know, what a beautiful um, experience in school that we can create this spring absence of the kind of logistical and, and curricular weight of having to administer testing. Um, yeah. So to me, that's the opportunity we have in front of us. I want to make this happen so bad. I think it could be just amazing, man. And talk and talk about engaging, you know, kids, right? We have the opportunity to do this and that that's what I am hoping for and trying to figure out ways to work on making happen this spring, man. Yeah, that's that is a beautiful vision. Um I would I would argue and I'm sure you'd agree that that's the sort of stuff that should should already be happening or should have been happening, especially during the school year, but um, in any case, especially if we don't have testing in the spring, and that's still undetermined. However, it looks like most likely, uh, at least in California, um, probably we're not going to have you know the traditional state testing this year, and it certainly won't be in the same way that that it has been in the past, even if we do have any. But yeah, so without that in the way, that definitely opens up much more opportunity to to create these sorts of of projects and ideas and, and I would love to see them revolve around where we are in schooling and where we should go because I think now our students have experienced they they know this this pandemic schooling better than anybody else and I think now that added perspective that they have of you know their memories of in-person school and their experiences with with online school I think they are the the perfect folks to ask in terms of the question what should school look like when it physically reopens because of course schools have been open this whole time just not physically and I think our students are the the perfect ones to ask about you know what when, when we return to the school building what should it look like now? What you know? What what are some thoughts you have about reimagining re it? You know, we've talked about reimagining education for like the last six or seven months. So many folks have talked about that, and 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 I I I feel like the adults have lacked imagination, and I think the young ones could could certainly be organized around a project um, or around a, a, a some sort of performance task where they are tasked with having to or being asked to reimagine school. Like when we go back, what are some things that you would like to see uh, be different than perhaps what they were before? Um, I love that, I definitely love that. And I know classroom teachers who are listening now, it's the end of January, February will be upon us soon. And of course, February has a couple three day weekends in there. And um, before you know it, it's gonna be spring. And before you know it, we're gonna be wrapping up the year. And I think now is the time to really wrap your head around the possibility of of finishing the school year in one of the most creative, liberating ways possible, um, given the lack of pressure that normally exists for these these state tests. I love it. Yes. I love it. Yeah, man. 
Yes, I love it too. Let's make this happen, man. Who do you know? You got Linda Darling Hammond's uh, cell phone, man? Can we can we make this happen? I can neither well. confirm nor deny if I have her cell phone number. Uh, <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. That that right there is a confirmation, folks. Manuel's making power moves over here in California, man. It's not, it is, it's not it a is, game. It is, okay. Well, look. Anyways, what I can say is... Um, <laughs> you see? You see? No denial. Okay? We have... Is, send all complaints to Manuel Rustin at um, CaliforniaDepartmentOfEd.gov. <laughs> As educators, we have the power to to do these sorts of things. I could think about my own school and... Man, I was I was sharing with somebody yesterday. Uh, shout out to uh, Jose Vilson and, and Educolor um, for creating space space for us. Um, I was sharing with some folks that this these times at my school site. Personally, speaking personally um, from my own perspective at my school site, I'm feeling better about my school site than I've felt in a long time. Because so many educators at my school site, including our administrators, are really, really on board and um, on the same page about creating equitable, liberating education experiences for our students and, and really, really tackling some of the long systemic issues that we've dealt with. And I just feel the energy and I feel like this pandemic has sort of helped a lot of educators around the nation um, to sort of rethink and, and re, revisit their purpose in the field and our purpose as educators and what should education look like um, for our students. And I am really, really looking forward to being back physically in person with, with my students and with my colleagues, because I think what we've gone through this last year, I think has, has, added new perspective to who we are as educators and as people. And we have some great ideas at my school site for transitioning back to in-person. And, you know, I definitely want to encourage other folks who who work with schools and, you know, whether you're a classroom teacher or um, work in some other capacity in education to really think about what's that transition going to look like for you. Because what we can't have happen, what we cannot do is have this school year just like end, like whatever, you submit grades because you have to submit grades, which is ridiculous in a pandemic anyways. And then you go on about your summer and then you come back and you have like those three or four days of like PD and then the school year starts. We can't just fall into a school year like that, like we did this past school year. We really need, when I say we, we educators really need to have time to together reflect on and imagine that transition and what it should look like. I do not want students showing back up on the first day of in-person school and it's like, here's the normal stuff and here's the first you know, assessment because we got to see where you're at on this math, on this reading, and here's the first assignment and like just back to quote unquote normal. We cannot do that. We can't act like we haven't just experienced one of the most tremendous and challenging eras in in our lifetimes. So yeah. at our school yep. site, we've started conversations about the possibility of, of taking a, a week or more in the summer paid for all of our educators, all of our staff to get together. And for one, like <laughs> reintroduce ourselves because we've all changed <laughs> in various ways during yeah. this pandemic, but also start to strategically lay out what the first several weeks and months of the school year look like so that we can focus on building community, 
focus on giving students space to, you know, relearn how to do in-person school, because for a lot of them, especially the younger students, like it will have been so much, you know, so much time has passed since they've been in in-person school. Like there's certain things that they need to probably um, sort of relearn and reacclimate themselves to and, and educators as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I know myself as a classroom teacher, I have stared at a screen so much over the last year that like when we're back in person, I know I'm going to need to remind myself like, yo, this assignment doesn't have to be through Chromebooks. I don't have to have them go to this site. I don't have to have them click on this link. Like we're back in person now. Let's do some tech free, technology free lessons, like just have some technology free weeks or days of the week that, you know, we can have. So, so I'm excited that at least you know, preliminarily, uh, sounds like multiple folks at my school site are, are similarly hoping for some sort of like um, staff retreat that we eventually can invite the community to and sort of like reconnect and celebrate what we've been through and yeah. plan a joyful return to school. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I I absolutely love that idea, Manuel. On so many on so many fronts, I think it's it is essential but also it's one of those things that like if we're not intentional is going to get is not going to be prioritized right exactly because we never do a good job with that stuff structurally as a profession and there's plenty of blame to go around between districts and states and unions etc but like we got to make that happen man like we you know we need to reinvest in like the community of adults who make school happen right who haven't been able to work really as a community in the way we should in a while. Um, so I love that idea. And, and I loved your use of the term, um, you know, joy in there. Cause I, th I think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that like so much of what makes school worth doing as a student and as an educator is the joy factor, right? Is the like the excitement you got when you like nerded out for the first time in chemistry class or the excitement you got when you made the freshman basketball team or the excitement you got, you know, the joy you felt, uh, you know, when you like learned something new about yourself that was like different than what your parents had taught you. And you're kind of becoming your own, you know, your own person now. Right. And, and finding friends who connect with you or whatever right yep. and uh and we've we've lost that and i think my my last hope for um you know for us for 2021 and this is specifically around the summer but also you know leading into the fall connects to that issue of joy because when i think about like what have kids actually missed in, in the pandemic and in during distance learning i know that there has been lots of content learning and skill development that has been missed so I don't want to dismiss that. Right. Also, I think what kids have actually missed the most is the fun, is the fun stuff that happened in school, right? And it's hard to replicate that at home. And in some ways, it's harder to replicate that at home than it is to replicate, you know, like reading and math and, you know, writing papers, so um, so my hope for the summer is instead of doing like drill and kill math in ELA, recreating No Child Left Behind on steroids, what we need to do is say, OK, let's bring lots of kids back for summer school. And you know what we're going to do for those three hours uh, you know, a day of summer school? We're going to do two hours and 15 minutes of sports 
arts, clubs, acti- you know, yeah. activities, all the stuff that they actually really missed. Right. And then we're going to do like 45 minutes or a half hour of reading of, you know, problem solving or whatever. Right. And you'll see. Let's see what attendance looks like at summer school. If for the first couple hours, what we're doing is cooking club, um, you know, flag football, uh, ultimate Frisbee, uh, soccer, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. drawing, ceramics, right? Um, dance, right? Uh, cheerleading, yep. whatever it is, right? Like we do two hours a day of that. There's going to be a line of kids around the corner. Like I'm heading to school, man. We are about to have fun. So, and then, you know, yes, we'll do some more traditional academic content learning as well. But I, my wish is that we would take that kind of approach. Like let's have joyful summer school as a, as not only a learning loss mitigation strategy for the learning loss hawks out there, but also as a means of re-engagement and social development and like setting a foundation for getting back into the, the actual good stuff of school, which is the fun, right? Yeah. Or at least when it's going well, it's the fun. Absolutely. I'm with that a thousand percent. And for students, you know, I'm realizing a lot of students don't really know who like they go to school with because like you've only logged into your online classes that are on your schedule. So you don't like cross people, you know, in the hall during lunch or whatever that aren't on your schedule. And in a lot of cases, the cameras are off and we, I, I don't want to see us just dump them all back into the school building and here's a math assessment and pay attention and then like just full steam ahead. It's like, yo, no, who, who are we? Who, who is our community now? And um, what do we aspire um, for our community to be now that we are back in person? Yeah. Absolutely. We need that. We need that joy. Man, I hope it's happening. I hope it's happening. And Jeff, I'm curious what our, our listeners think and what their plans are, you know, at least at their school sites or in their districts for eventual trans, you know, transitioning back to fully in person, you know, because these are our ideas. And I know we got a lot of dope listeners who have ideas of their own. Maybe they agree with some of what we said. Maybe somebody's listening right now and is like, wait, what? We got, no, we got to test. What do you mean? We got to test the first day, you know? I, I, I wonder, and I would love to hear, hear from them for sure. So again, uh, anybody who who's listening to this, we would very much like to hear what you have to say about any of these issues. You know, connect with us on on Twitter or Facebook, or uh, sh- shoot us an email. Um, you know, yeah. all above show at gmail.com. And one of our listeners, shout out to Andrew, reached out to me and he said, you know what, I want to give you all five stars, but when I go to the app, I can't can't quite see how to do that. And I realized, you know, if you're using Apple. Uh, podcast as the way that you're listening to our show, it is kind of buried in there. So for anybody who is listening, you know, would very much, very much help us if you could give us that that five-star review and maybe even write a little something. So if you open up your your podcasts app and then go down to where it says library at the bottom and, and click on all the above, if you scroll down past all of our dope episodes, man, there's a lot of dope episodes in there, Jeff. I'm scrolling there's, right now. I'm scrolling. There's scrolling. a lot. Ooh, a lot of them. All the way down to the bottom, uh, at least that's how it is on my app. I don't know if that's like something you could change or whatever, but on my app, you got to scroll all the way down to the bottom. Then you see ratings and reviews. And and if you could give us that five stars, 
we would love that. It would help us out a lot, actually, um, for sure. And, and Jeff, I also want to shout out one of our dedicated listeners, uh, Ms. Riley, who who is is well on her way to earning her dissertation. She just crossed another another milestone in that process. So I want to shout her out if she is listening. And I also want to shout out another one of our listeners, Danny Wu, who who connects with us regularly on social media um, after listening to each episode. And he's another super dope educator who listens uh, to our show or who who watches the show. Uh, Jeff, a lot of dopeness going on, you know, and it's been three passing periods in a row and somebody might be listening now and thinking like, oh, this is just a show. They just talk to each other the whole time. And it's like, no, actually, we got super dope guests. And next week, actually, Jeff, we have a full episode with a super dope guest. I don't know if you want to let our listeners know what to expect in our full episode for next week. Yes, I will. Um, We have an exciting guest coming to us all the way from across the country, from Hartford, Connecticut. His name is Robert Cotto Jr. He is a researcher, longtime educator um, at Trinity College uh, in in Hartford, Connecticut, um, where he both serves as like a lecturer, right? So he's like a college professor, but also works in this role where he is kind of the liaison between a magnet school that works on like intentionally integrating geographically, racially, economically, um, you know, schools in the Hartford area. And um, so he's he's a fascinating guest. He happens to also um, be a old classmate of ours uh, from our from our days in Cambridge, getting our our master's degree. So we did our you know student teaching together back in the day. Um, but he's he's had a great journey professionally. He's been a, a school board member in the city of Hartford, and of course. Everybody's talking about Connecticut and education now because Miguel Cardona, our presumptive uh, new U.S. Uh, Department of Ed Secretary of Education, uh, comes to us from you know from the state of Connecticut, where he was the chief you know um, superintendent for the state. So uh, we're gonna you know get some great insights from Robert Cotto. Should be fantastic. Dope. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, folks. We very much appreciate you listening to our show. And those of you who view us on YouTube, we appreciate that too. We're almost at, I think, almost at 600 subscribers, which for us is big time. Big time for us. Just a a two-person operation. Anyways, uh, we love you all. We hope you have a fantastic week. And we'll see you next next week with a, a full episode with headlines and guests and shout outs and all that good stuff. So folks, thank you so much. And now it's time for you to go ahead and get to class.